You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to the Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about how to grow your business with social selling and relationship marketing. And I'm super excited to have a rock star guest with me, Kevin Knebel. Let me tell you all about him. He is recognized as a leading authority on LinkedIn and has trained hundreds of companies, associations, organizations, and tens of thousands of business professionals on the most effective uses of LinkedIn. He has more recommendations on LinkedIn than anyone else in the world. He's nearing almost 2,000 recommendations. He's an international speaker, author, trainer, and coach whose style has been described as a blend of comedian, therapist, and stimulating teacher. He's an in-demand leading authority on social selling, relationship marketing, LinkedIn, and Twitter. He has published books with McGraw-Hill and Wiley, and there's so much more that I couldn't fit into this introduction. You're in for a treat today. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks for sharing part of your day. What else do you want to add to that introduction? Hey, Nancy. Thank you for having me. It's very kind of you to have me on your show. The only other thing that I would add to that crazy introduction is that I have a face for radio. So, um, you know, tag that one on. Kevin has a face for radio. And um, and here we go. Let's rock and roll. It's an honor to be here. You have a voice for radio, too. Have you ever been on a radio show? You know, I have. When I first graduated high school, back when the earth was cooling, I actually went into radio for a little while. And then I learned that Lonnie Anderson from WKRP in Cincinnati, and your listeners will have to be a certain age to get that reference. I learned that Lonnie Anderson did not work at the radio station, so I quickly got out of radio. Yeah, so yeah, I have a little, I, I was in radio for uh, 15 minutes, yes. <laughs> I'm old enough to know that reference. I could totally relate to that. That's pretty cool. To get yeah. everyone on the same page, can you explain what social selling and relationship marketing means? Yeah, yeah, a real simple explanation for that would be social selling is really using the modern current technology tools that we have, which nowadays primarily is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. That's the social part of social selling. So social selling is really still selling because selling is always going to be essentially the same thing, whether it was in 2 AD or whether it's in 2019. Uh, but social selling is how do we incorporate these modern communication technologies to accomplish our sales goals and to deliver value to our clients. Relationship marketing is really about how to create no-like trust with people so that when we do talk about potentially how we could help them, they're listening to us with an open mind and not through a veil of, or filter of skepticism and cynicism. So. Social selling and relationship marketing in a nutshell is basically building no like trust with people, but leveraging modern communication technology. Was that too long of an answer? 
No, that's perfect. And looking at your LinkedIn when I was preparing questions for this, I noticed that you had quite a bit of experience in selling. What made you transition to the online selling after you've been doing the face-to-face -face for a while? Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing. What I used to do for a living many years ago was I used to be a piano player in the New York City area, which is a completely different line of work. Through a chain of events, I actually got into sales, which would have been the last thing in the world I ever would have imagined, but life is funny. And I worked in traditional sales until about 2003. And then in 2003, uh, LinkedIn was launched on Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May, 2003. Ironically, I received an invitation from somebody to get on LinkedIn, just like probably everybody listening to this right now has gotten an invitation to get on LinkedIn. But I got mine about 60 days after the site launched. So it was brand new. I was not then, nor am I now, a technology guy, but because I already had a deep understanding of sales and networking and referral creation, I could leverage the online aspect of it very quickly because I already understood how to drive. You know, if somebody understands how to drive, you can kind of give them almost any car, but if they don't know how to drive, whether you give them a Lamborghini or a Kia, they're going to crash it. So. I never planned, I never really planned to get into the whole social selling thing. It just kind of happened. Yeah. That's so cool. And a lot of people are unsuccessful at selling because it feels icky and it feels like they're, you know, it's got a bad reputation. But you've been yeah. amazing at sales. How did you get there if you didn't really plan to be into sales? Well, thank you for asking. Um, when I first got into sales, I would actually throw up every single morning on my way to my first sales call because I was so scared. I, I was terrified of it. But I had some mentors that taught me, and, and I thank God every day that they taught me this. I, I thought that the person that knew the most about their product or service would be the most successful salesperson, and I could not have been more wrong. What they said, what they said was, you know, obviously learn about your product or service, but don't really study closing techniques or ninja sales maneuvers. Study human nature, study interpersonal skills, study emotional intelligence, study, study relationship skills. And I did. I started studying things like Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I, I never really studied sales techniques, but my, uh, my sales results worked out very, very well. Yeah. I like that because it is about helping versus selling. <laughs> you know, when I first got into sales, which was around 92, there was no LinkedIn. You know, Al Gore had not invented the internet yet. <laughs> So, so, so back in those days, you couldn't go on LinkedIn or Facebook because there was none. So, um, you know, I did old school, non-internet based selling from about two, from 92 till 2003. When I got on LinkedIn in 2003, I never in a million years imagined I'd become an international speaker and an author. I just thought to myself, oh, this LinkedIn thing will be a really handy tool in my sales toolkit. But very quickly, people, and it was a very handy thing, but very quickly, people started asking me, hey, could you teach us how to use this? Could you speak at this conference? Could you consult with us? And at first, I said, no. I was like, no, I don't know how to do that. And then they said, oh, we'll pay you. And I said, oh, I guess I'm a trainer now. Okay, so, um, so it was all kind of a divine accident. But um, in hindsight, being 2020, it all made perfect sense that one thing led to the next, led to the next, led to the next. Absolutely. So today, do you use LinkedIn for lead generation? Well, I teach my clients how to. Um, I'm very, very blessed, Nancy, that in my, my entire speaking, training, coaching, consulting career now, which is about 10 years old, 
My business has been 99% by invitation and referral only. I do zero marketing or advertising. Um, almost on a daily basis, if not a daily basis, people are trying to hire me for speaking, training, coaching, and consulting. I don't want that to sound cocky and arrogant because I don't mean it that way. It's really just validation of what I teach. So I work with a tremendous number of entrepreneurs, business owners, people like that, helping them generate more, you know, lead generation referrals. But myself, it's not that I'm being a hypocrite. It's just that I, I did all that so long ago and now the ball is rolling so well, I really don't need to use the tools so much in a, in a lead generation perspective. Does that make sense? Yeah, congratulations. That's amazing. One of my goals for this year is to do more referral marketing versus just going out and trying to meet new people at networking events. And it's, yeah. been, it's been a game changer in my business. It's a huge difference and so much easier when business comes to you, right? Well, yeah, I mean, my attitude, and this is just my opinion, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt. My opinion is that when you're good at what you do and you deliver massive value and you have some very simple, non-slick, salesy, awkward, creepy ways to receive referrals from people, you really should, you don't really need to prospect very much beyond the first couple of clients. Because if you know how to create referral networks, again, in a non-slick, salesy, awkward, creepy way, the need to prospect actually goes way down because you have people that become raving fans and they start, um, you know, they start referring business. And you do that in a mutually beneficial way. I, I also refer business to other people, but it really comes down to having a simple system to do that. So that you're not having to always go back to the pump and prime the pump and you know bang the phones and that kind of thing. So um, I just find that most people, most of us, were never taught that. You know, we were just taught go out, find clients, and then just keep finding clients and keep finding clients. Very quickly in my sales career, I said to myself, I can do that, but it would be even more effective to teach my clients how to create mutually beneficial referral um, relationships. So then my need to prospect would go way down. So do you have one tip that people listening could do to create that system? I can give you, I can give you a ridiculously simple tip. Okay, let's <laughs> and, and it's and, and like most things that I talk about, it's like so ridiculously simple that when I teach it to people, they go, why didn't I think of that before? But it's not because I'm so smart. It's actually just because I'm so simple. <laughs> I love it's been, it's been, it's It's been my experience, Nancy that most people, regardless of industry, they do not receive anywhere near the number of referrals that they should. It's not because they don't deserve them. It's not because they're, you know, it, it's because they don't set it up correctly on the front end. So let me give you an example. When someone calls me and says, you know, they want to hire me for this, that, or the other thing. One of the things that I say immediately in the initial conversation is I say, hey, Nancy, thank you so much for calling me about X, Y, and Z. We'll get to that in a minute, but let me, let me throw an idea by you, Nancy. Whether we ultimately work together on this particular project or whatever it is, whether we do or whether we don't, what I've kind of learned over the years is if you play a long game called life, there's probably ways in the near term, but also in the long term, that we could deliver value to each other. More than likely, I know some people that would probably be interested in what you do. And more than likely, you probably know some people or you'll meet some people that would be interested in what I do. So let's not discuss this now, but would it be okay if down the road, 
whether we work together or not, would it be okay if I maybe brought up the concept of a mutually beneficial referral relationship? Would you be open to discussing that down the road? I have never had somebody say no to that. But now that I've brought that up early in the relationship, it's not some weird, awkward thing six months down the road for me to start asking for referrals because at any point down the road, I could say, hey, Nancy, remember when we first met and I talked about the mutually beneficial referral thing? Could we grab a cup of coffee and talk about that? And now it's not a weird, awkward thing because it was the expectation was set early in the relationship. So it, the only reason people don't typically get referrals is because they don't know how to ask for them and they should have brought it up in the beginning. Does that make sense? Oh, that is brilliantly simple. I wish I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> That's really, really good. <laughs> well, take it and run with it. It's a, you know, I give it away and take it and run with it. Yeah. I will get definitely credit you for that. Let me ask you two questions before we get to our signature question. How do you get so many LinkedIn recommendations? Are you specifically asking for those or people just say, hey, let's see if we can add one more to get this guy over to 2,000? <laughs> um, it, well, it's a combination of both. So when I first got on LinkedIn in 2003, I noticed that there was a recommendation feature which blew my mind because I said, wait a minute. If people that have had good experiences with me can actually write on my LinkedIn profile about the experiences they've had, and they're not anonymous, they're time and date stamped, and you can see exactly who wrote it. I said, if I can get a dozen or so recommend, uh, you know, testimonials, recommendations on my LinkedIn profile, and then if I could get people to look at my LinkedIn profile before I showed up for that first meeting, because I can't walk in and say, hey, I'm kind of a big deal, you know, take me serious, because that's cocky and arrogant. But if I could say to the person, hey, Nancy, we're going to meet next week and we're going to talk about X, Y, Z. But in preparation for the meeting to make sure that we maximize the time most effectively, I'm going to take a few minutes and look over your LinkedIn profile so I can familiarize myself with you, so I can ask intelligent questions. Here's a link to my LinkedIn profile. You might want to look that over for a minute or two if you have the time. And if you don't have the time, that's fine, too. But once I've done that, Nancy, I've set the table because now they go look at my LinkedIn profile. And they see other people raving about me. I can't say those things about myself because I'd be a cocky jerk. But if I could get my prospect to look at that before I even show up for the meeting, the way that they now relate to me is totally different than who's this guy and why is he trying to get into my wallet? So there are many people who, without any solicitation on my part, go and give me a LinkedIn recommendation and I thank them all for that. But it's, not, it's also not uncommon for me, when I deliver value to somebody and I know that I've delivered massive value to them, I have a very non-intrusive, very relaxed conversational way where I ask them if they would be willing to write a sentence or two. And over the years, as you mentioned earlier, it's gotten out of control and now it's over 1,900 you know, recommendations. So that serves me very, very well in a, in a number of different ways. But there's nothing wrong with asking for a recommendation if you feel that you delivered value, and you ask in a nice, polite way. I can see why you are a top salesman. These are really, really good tips, Kevin. Awesome stuff. Well, hey, well thanks. Well, thank yeah, really Go good ahead. stuff. Hey, can you share a little bit about your book that you wrote, and then we'll get to the signature question. Yeah, well, the book that I wrote, McGraw-Hill actually called me. The book is actually validation of what I teach, and part of what I teach is that when you deliver huge value to the world, it has a ripple effect. And 
So McGraw-Hill actually called me in 2011 and said, you know, we've been reading your LinkedIn posts and your blog and your newsletter and blah, blah, blah. You've already been vetted. Would you write this 200 to 250 page book? So what I did was I wrote a book called The Social Media Sales Revolution, which really is about principles. It's the principles behind creating sincere and authentic relationships in business. And if you can create sincere and authentic relationships, then sales and referrals is just a very natural byproduct of that. But the book was written in a way that it's more principle-based so that if you ever look at my book, there's not a single picture or screenshot or diagram in the entire book. Because I told McGraw-Hill, we do not want to fill this book with screenshots because it's the nature of social media to always be changing. And if we put a bunch of screenshots in there, it's going to be outdated before it hits the shelf at Barnes and Noble. So if anybody ever reads my book, it really talks about how to leverage whatever the currently available features of these platforms are, because um, it goes deeper into understanding the principles behind how to create relationships not necessarily put tab A into slot B and that type of thing. Does, does that make sense, Nancy? Yeah, very cool. So where can people find that book? They can go to Barnes & Noble. They can go to Amazon. Um, I think there's a link from my website. But if they just go to Amazon and type in Kevin Knebel, they'll see it. It's right there. Perfect. All right. Are you ready for the signature question, Kevin? Sure. Fire away. Bring it on. I am passionate about helping people get back time in their life to do what they love. So if you had one more hour in your day, 25 hours instead of 24, how would you spend your extra hour? I would sleep. So that might not, that might not be the answer that you normally get. Sleep is becoming more and more of a popular answer. People are tired, I think, <laughs> so, in this world. So, so you and I both know, and it's good for your listeners to know, that I did not know what the signature question was going to be. Okay. So it's not like I prepared for this. So when you just said to me, if I had an extra hour, what would I do with the hour? Notice that my answer wasn't um, reconfigure my to-do list. My answer was not, you know, my answer was, and, and there was, notice there was no hesitation in my answer. My answer was sleep. So it kind of goes back to that whole Abraham Lincoln thing. Who knows if Abraham Lincoln said it or not? You know, if I had 10 hours to cut down a tree, I would spend the first nine sharpening my ax. Yep. So, so I find that most of us run pretty hard and we kind of push ourselves, especially type A people, you know, entrepreneurs, people like that. Um, I find that for most of us, we could use a little bit more downtime, which sometimes for type A folks, it sounds highly counterproductive, but I would argue that actually, no, it's probably the most productive thing you can do because if you don't give yourself some time to, de to decompress and rest and recalibrate, you know, I drive a Mercedes and on my tachometer, there's a thing that's a, it's like from 6,000 on, it's like the red line on the tachometer. What, what most people either knowingly or unknowingly do nowadays, especially entrepreneurs, is they're running pretty much in the red line most of the time. And I don't care if it's a Mercedes or if it's a Yugo or whatever it is, that car, that vehicle is not designed to drive nine hours a day in the red line. I don't care how good that car is, you're gonna do damage to the motor if you, if you redline it. And what most people need to do is figure out how to actually um, take care of themselves a little bit more. Um, and, if they, and so if I had an extra hour, I, I would rest. I would actually rest and give my brain a rest and give my body a rest, knowing that 
when I come back, I'm even more rejuvenated. So there's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. I love that answer. You're right. It's unsustainable to operate in the red zone day in and day out, for sure. And some people are actually proud of that. They're like, well, I work 70 hours a week. Well, good luck with that, right? Get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I coach a lot of those people. And, and our, our, actually, our culture, especially our entrepreneurial culture, and I'm not putting down it. I'm all for it. But it kind of supports that mentality. But um, after a couple of years of running really hard like that, you start asking yourself questions like, you know, am I happy, right? And, and do I feel fulfilled? And um, trying to prove to yourself that you can out, you know, you can stay up more hours than everybody else, that's a pretty naive approach to life. So true. Kevin, for people who would like to work more closely with you, maybe even hire you to see how you're – the combination comedian, therapist, and stimulator, <laughs> stimulating speaker, how can they reach yeah. out to you? Well, thanks for asking. Um, I'm, I'm no longer in the witness relocation program, so I'm easy to find. If they go on this new thing called the internet, it's going to be big, and they type in Kevin Knebel. Knebel is five letters, K-N-E-B-L. Could I please buy another vowel? Even I misspell and mispronounce my own last name after a couple of Merlots. So if they go and they type my name into Google, or if they go to kevincadevil.com, or if they go on Facebook, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and type my name in, I am very, very easy to find, and I am always a phone call or an email away. Um, but thank you for asking. Just type my name into the internet or any social platform, and they will find me in three seconds. I'll put that in the show notes as well. You know, your name does have a lot of a lack of vowels, doesn't it? It really does. I don't know if they were charging more for vowels and my ancestors were broke or whatever, but um, we, we really could use a couple more because everybody adds another E. They either add it between the B and the L or they add it at the very end. And, and you can see why, because it looks like it needs that additional, an additional E. I, I think I said E a second ago. So um, everybody misspells it, and, but it's not a big deal. You know, I, I always tell people, you can't offend me. Timid salespeople have skinny kids. You can mess up my name all day long. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Very cool. Is there anything that you want to add that I didn't think to ask you? Not really, Nancy. The only thing I would add is people should, especially entrepreneurs, they should ask themselves, why, you know, what am I, why am I doing what I do? My, you know, this is a five-hour seminar. We could go down this road here. But really, I don't know that the goal is so much to get rich. Getting rich is not difficult, by the way. Because money is just an echo of value. So if people want to create more money, just create more value. But people should ask themselves more often, am I happy? Am I happy? Am I fulfilled? And if I'm not, maybe that should be a priority in addition to, you know, getting rich and driving a fancy car or whatever, you know, because I, I, you know, I don't think the purpose of life is to just make a lot of money and be unhappy. And I think happiness is a worthy goal. I love that. What a great way to wrap up the show. Kevin, thanks so much to, for taking time to be on the show. Lots of great tips and lots of valuable information. So we truly appreciate you. Thank Listen. you, Nancy. It's been an honor, honor being here and uh, God bless. Awesome. Listeners, I just rolled out a new program for business owners who are looking to systemize their business in 30 days or less. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and overworked in your business, let's have a conversation. This program may be for you. We work side by side. We roll up our sleeves and actually get things done together. Go to nancygains.com to learn more. And if you love this show, please subscribe 
rate and review on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's Nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.